Joel Brown Mineral Tracker. Outstanding. The levels look good. Thank you for joining us today. You know, mineral tracking sounds like an app that you download, which it is. Um, <laughs> and it, it sounds like it does, you know, all this, this work for you and everything like that. So first of all, let's set the table with what mineral tracker is, because I think some people might have an idea in their head. And when I've since we've started talking, I've I've really come to realize that a lot of people who don't even have minerals could benefit from having this app and doing some tracking and that sort of thing. So uh, describe the app and kind of what your company does. Yeah, absolutely. Good question, Jason. So um, uh, you, you've hit the nail on the head, really. The uh, What Mineral Tracker is, is it's an online app. So there, even at this point in time, there isn't any downloading that needs to be done. You can get to it from any internet browser, including one on your phone or your iPad. Um, and what it really is, is it's a, it's a tool that we've designed for mineral owners and not just for mineral owners. If you have any interest in what's going on in oil and gas in North Dakota, Mineral Tracker can be a useful app for you. Uh, it includes features uh, like a, a, an interactive map that includes all of the horizontal well bores, all the surface locations, uh, where the rigs are currently at. Uh, where permits are at and so even even if you don't have mineral interest the app we think or the uh the map itself is useful to people uh but beyond that beyond just the uh the interactive map a lot of mineral trackers really focused on this idea of what is my revenue what how much money am i making off the mineral rights that i own so in order to sign up for it it's it's a really simple uh sign up most of our users can sign up in less than 10 minutes the only information that's necessary to populate a mineral tracker profile that would be uh, specific to your interest, to your wells, is just going in and picking from a nice, easy-to-use drop-down list the wells that you have an interest in and then entering your percentage, what percent of that well you're being paid for. And then from there, mineral tracker pulls from multiple different uh, databases and um, online sources to begin to put together this picture of what does my revenue look like uh, in the past, going as far back as the year 2000, uh, and then what does it look like going into the future? Uh, because we're we're a company founded by petroleum engineers with a lot of experience in this industry, one of the unique things that we're able to do is project how much oil and gas is going to come out of each one of these wells in North Dakota for the 30 to 40 years that they're going to be producing. And so we give access to that information to our clients so that they can begin to plan for their financial future as well. Joel, so, and, oh, go ahead. No, that was a mouthful for sure. But in a, in a nutshell, we designed Mineral Tracker as an easy-to-use analysis tool that is useful to me as a petroleum engineer, but it's easy enough to use and easy enough to understand that someone living out of state that has never seen an oil and gas well in North Dakota could uh, wrap their mind around it really easily. Well, I was going to ask you, Joel Brown, of this Mineral Tracker, uh, Watford City, you guys are located in, correct? That's right, right in the heart of the Bakken. Right in the heart of the Bakken, so I'm going to get a uh, boots-on-the-ground update uh, at the end of the interview. But uh, mineraltracker.com, you guys have been around for how long now? Uh, we, we've we uh, launched Mineral Tracker in September of 2018 to the public. We'd had some beta testing before that and about a year of development 
leading up to that point in time, but we have been uh, commercially operating now for almost a year. So a big milestone coming up for us here pretty soon. Coming up on your one year anniversary, your one year birthday, if you will, or business versary, I think is what actually the the marketing term behind it these days. Um, you know, cause we all got to be fifth graders, even in, even, even when we're adults, we still got to be fifth graders. Um, <laughs> hey, man, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> there's a lot of truth behind that. Uh, so I, the reason I bring it up is you guys have had a year now of collecting data. Uh, you've had some time before then where you, you know, you got some historicals, et cetera, et cetera. But do you guys know yet who like, you know, the averages are, who, you know, what's the average age? What's the average income for someone in North Dakota or the Bakken that gets uh, minerals? Have you guys been able to really kind of get that information yet? Yeah, you know, it's been really eye-opening and getting delving into this business that's so unique. It's not what I anticipated. I think it's the picture of who a mineral owner is is not quite what most people think of. I think most people think of mineral owners as you know, the, uh, the farmer, the rancher, and they're just raking in millions and millions of dollars uh, based on their royalties. But the, the reality is that because of how mineral rights work, uh, most of the time they're divided up a lot more. It's not just the, the farmer or the rancher who owns the surface that owns the minerals. It's divided among many members of his family going potentially generations in the past. And what this results in is we've actually discovered that the average mineral owner in the state of North Dakota is a 65-year-old woman collecting $600 or less on her minerals. So quite uh, quite a disparity from what I think the uh, the typical picture of a mineral owner uh, looks like. Without a doubt, I think I think you're right. A lot of people had pictures of uh, farmers making money with brand new combines and new you know wheat field uh, or barns or things like that. But it's not. It, it's not. I mean, I, when when you said that, I knew exactly the person in my mind that you were talking about, because that was the last person I actually had a discussion about mineral rights. She's 67 years old and she makes $690 a month. <laughs> yep. There you go. She's the exact demographic. Now she shares that with about eight other family members. How common is that where these, you know, these royalty checks are shared amongst family members? Do you guys extrapolate down to that? Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really common thing that we've seen. And that's a big reason for why we think mineral tracker is so important. Because even even you know to to keep in mind that these things are divided up among family members, and so it's likely significant to that family. But minerals are really a family matter as well. You know, this is something that not only is going to be here for this generation; it's something that's going to be potentially important to the next generation. You know, six hundred dollars getting divided among potentially your four kids might be less impactful, but. Uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, there are a lot of mineral owners out here who have built up a lot of knowledge because they've been around to see the leasing, to see the drilling, to see, you know, the production and the pipelines and everything go in. And at some point in time, it's going to be handed down to the next generation that doesn't have that same background. And so we uh, see Mineral Tracker and we've noticed, especially with the younger generation, that Mineral Tracker becomes a great way to pass knowledge quickly from one generation to the next. Uh, it's it's such a easy way to be able to analyze the full picture and then also drill down into specific details around your mineral asset that it helps to catch up you know the next generation who has not uh, who hasn't had that same background but to be able to catch them up quickly in a way that uh, makes it 
less overwhelming for them to manage. How about when it comes to North Dakota now? We've got, I think it's something like 97, 95, 93% of the land is private. Do you, do, I, I, this is maybe outside of your wheelhouse, but um, North, have you noticed that North Dakota is very unique across the nation with the amount of private land it has compared to public land or BLM land? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that I think has really allowed the Bakken to flourish as much as it has in comparison to potentially some other basins in the U.S. I think about the Powder River Basin in Wyoming, where they're uh, similar in ways to the Permian Basin. There are multiple stacked pay zones in the Powder River Basin that have tons of potential. But there's so much BLM land down in the Powder River Basin that really hampers the ability for oil companies to go and explore uh, and develop that acreage that it, it's never going to be able to catch up as quickly uh, as the Bakken was able to develop largely because we have private land and private land turns into a business deal that isn't hampered nearly as much by uh, environmental concerns and political concerns like BLM land can be. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that that, that is one of the very strong points that we have going for us in North Dakota is that the vast majority of the land that we hold here is private and even a large portion of it being owned by the state. The state is uh, significantly easier to work with and uh, develop than uh, BLM land is. Now, MineralTracker.com is uh, exclusively for the Bakken right now, correct? That's correct. We, we like, like we talked about, we're, we're still a pretty young company and the, the Bakken is certainly what we have developed an expertise in it's the area that uh, we understand and we're able to rely a lot on our expertise in this to support not only the app but support our clients in a one-on-one manner we we field a lot of questions we field a lot of uh, unique scopes of work that wind up needing someone to roll up their sleeves and really dig in to understand what's going on and so the Bakken is the area where uh, we feel most comfortable right now and I mean, ultimately, we wanted to test the concept in the Bakken, and we're still growing as a company. We're still uh, building up our staff. But ultimately, the, the thought process being that Mineral Tracker is something that could be fairly easily expanded into other states, other basins, and become something that can be useful for mineral owners across the country. Uh, but we did want to start with North Dakota because this is where we're from, this is our home, and we're really dedicated to the mineral owners here. Now, I'm not familiar with some of the idiosyncrasies when it comes to North Dakota's uh, land purchases and, and that sort of thing. I, you know, I've looked in South Dakota, I've looked in some Wyoming uh, land, that sort of thing. And oftentimes, 50% of the mineral owners is with a previous owner. And you see that a lot in some of the Western states. Um, does that ever come up in North Dakota? Have you ever heard of that before? Is this Is this really common? Is this kind of a, a unique thing that is Maybe when there's scarce water, it comes up. I'm not sure. I just, it always kind of struck me as odd. Like, okay, when you buy something, why don't you get it all? But <laughs> I think one of the reasons that you see that mineral rights are, mineral rights aren't sold very often in North Dakota along with the surface. And largely because we, we've got a rich history of oil and gas production in North Dakota. The very first well in North Dakota was drilled in 1951. And we had a small boom through the 60s, a slightly uh, larger boom in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, all of them pale in comparison to the boom that began out here in 2008 and uh, really continued to the height in 2014. 
But I mean, the, the point being that landowners out here have been aware that there is potential for oil and gas production for such a long time now that uh, minerals have become separated from the surface in many situations. Um, and I, I think that that's likely the, the reason that you see that in North Dakota. But uh, for you to come and purchase a, uh, a farm out here, it's very unlikely that you're going to purchase the minerals along with it. Um, that being said, there has become a very, a very strong marketplace right now for mineral buyers in particular. There are a lot of private equity-backed firms right now who are sending out letters uh, that are contacting folks. They are digging deep into the title to identify who those minerals owners are and then uh, sending out basically unsolicited offers to purchase their minerals. And uh, you'd be surprised at how often people wind up selling. I I know that when I helped um, Pfeiffer Auction and Realty with uh, some, they had a auction that was in the Dickinson area and there were some minerals that came with it. And that's why I helped them out because it was so rare and, you know, they wanted some historicals and that sort of thing that, that go with it. And this was probably five years ago, maybe six years ago. And, um, I, I, I was shocked that there was even somebody selling the minerals, but just, you know, five, six years ago, it was really rare. And that was during you know, big times and everything like that. But I can see where it'd come up occasionally, but I also see where, hey, we, we ain't giving them up because that's that's the legacy money, that's the empowerment money for generations to come, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so, okay, uh, I wanted to ask you about the lifestyle of, you know, leasing and that sort of thing when it comes to these these minerals. Um, you know, we talked about how there's one way the life the life cycle can continue. You just... Mm-hmm. will it on to your kids and everything like that. But I'm sure there's other life cycles involved, you know, from the development phase all the way to, you know, getting to the market to when you get your check, that sort of thing. So yeah. let's talk yeah. about that, that life cycle that is, is involved with the minerals. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's something that's so interesting because of the influx of people that we have in Western North Dakota right now. Every, you know, the large portion of them working in the oil field and having some concept of what mineral ownership really is, uh, but, but not really understanding what it, what it actually looks like. The first thing that's incredibly unique about the United States in general is that we actually have private mineral ownership. We are one of the very few countries in the world that have any private mineral ownership whatsoever. If you look at uh, another one, um, Canada, about 10% of the mineral, minerals in Canada are owned by private uh, entities, and the other 90% is owned by the government. And if you look here in uh, the U.S., we have just such incredible private property rights that the minerals have been uh, uh, owned by private individuals uh, since homesteading. And so if you look at what's taken place in North Dakota, what likely happened is, you know, back in the early 1900s, uh, someone came from out east, they homesteaded out here, they applied for a patent for their, their homestead acreage. And with that patent, they got the rights to the minerals. And over time, uh, that got patent down, likely with the land, until it was discovered that there was, uh, that there was oil and gas in North Dakota. And at that point in time, that's where you begin to see mineral rights beginning to be uh, separated from the surface land. But following that path, if you, uh, if you were here in 2008, uh, being aware that you know, there was potentially some uh, oil and gas 
development, mostly happening over in the Sydney, Montana area at that point in time. Uh, but around that 2005 to 2008, there was a lot of leasing going on in Western North Dakota because of the prospect that the Bakken continued not through just uh, uh, the Sydney, Montana area and the partial North Dakota area, but everything in between potentially, which is where Watford Falls right now. At that point in time, it was very speculative whether or not anything would ever be productive in what is now considered really the core of the basin. Um, and so uh, what happened at that point in time is me as a farmer rancher who owned minerals under my property, someone came to me with this offer of a lease. And what a lease is really is the right to develop that oil and gas that sits beneath my feet. In, uh, in compensation for signing that lease, I get what's called a bonus, which is typically so many hundred or thousand dollars per acre uh, that's paid to me up front for signing the lease. And then secondly, as soon as they begin producing oil and gas from uh, my property, I'm going to begin collecting a royalty. Most of the time in North Dakota, that royalty is somewhere between 15 and 22% of uh, my proportionate share of um, that, uh, that oil and gas well. And so if uh, upon signing that lease, the last important thing to keep in mind is that that lease is going to expire at some date if they don't drill and complete a well, typically three to five years. And so within three to five years uh, that an oil company is going to come and drill a well, maybe not on my property, it might be two miles away from my property, uh, but because of the way that we develop things in the Bakken with two mile laterals, it pools 1,280 acres uh, together all under one well at that point in time. And so once that well begins producing, my, my lease is said to be held by production and that lease is going to dictate the royalty that I'm going to get paid off of that well and any future wells drilled in that same spacing unit uh, for the remainder of the life of that well. And so maybe back in 2010, sometime around there, they came out and drilled their first well somewhere in the Wofford City area, and I began collecting a royalty check. If you ever look at the production of a Bakken well, um, very similar to uh, any other unconventional well that you'll notice, it starts off with a very, very, very high peak that drops dramatically in the first few months in the first couple of years and then levels off over time. So as a mineral owner, what I noticed was that my first check was really big and my second check was big and then it got smaller and smaller and smaller and now it's uh, gotten to a point where it's probably leveled out. Um, we're kind of in a phase right now in, uh, in Western North Dakota in McKinsey County in particular where that one well that was originally drilled to hold the lease, um, today oil companies are going out and they're drilling out the, the remainder of that 1,280 acre spacing, what's said to be infilling the, uh, the acreage. So the one well held the lease, but now they're coming and typically infilling it with potentially another four Bakken wells and an additional five Three Forks wells to come up with about 10 wells per 1,280 acre spacing unit is what we see is pretty average across the basin right now. Uh, so one thing that we've really noticed that's kind of interesting, especially in these uh, unsolicited offers from mineral buyers, is that mineral buyers are targeting areas where they see that maybe that one well uh, is all of a sudden being surrounded by a lot more permits or there's a rig uh, that's currently drilling the additional nine to ten wells in that same spacing unit unbeknownst potentially to the person that owns those minerals because they've just been collecting this small check for a number of years. 
And so they target that area, not necessarily offering the best price that they possibly could uh, for the known production that's going to be coming online soon. Uh, but the, the interesting thing about this transaction is that it really relies on the fact that most mineral owners uh, are far removed now from what's actually going on in North Dakota because they may not even live here. And uh, so they, they are ill-informed as to what is really the potential for future revenue. And so it may look like a very good deal to them to sell. So it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic of how this has unfolded up to this point. We're in a unique phase right now where mineral buyers are really uh, running uh, very hot, uh, sending out tons of letters. You know, I mentioned Piper Auction and Realty earlier, and as you were talking, I kept thinking about, man, I can imagine how a, a, a realtor would love your information. And, and then I thought back when I was a kid and I would follow batting averages and, and touchdowns and how many yards Barry Sanders got in a season. and th- You know, so I would imagine all those um, finance geeks, like I was a sports geek, would love tracking, you know, the mineral district or whatever the minerals – uh, percentages and, and stats and that sort of thing. What, what kind of trends have you been seeing? Is, am I am I off on that to where the, the the basic information that you're providing really at the end of the day could present some interesting trends? Oh yeah, absolutely. We're I mean we're we're beginning to see some interesting trends already because especially with Mineral Tracker, what we're doing a lot is we're pulling from a lot of different public. Um, Public data sources, some uh, databases that we have created internally. Uh, but what we're noticing is that it becomes a really good comparison tool. This is saying this is what the average should look like. This is what the majority of people around you are collecting on their minerals um, based on you know current commodity prices and the deducts that we experience here in North Dakota looking at production uh, off wells and then your certain percentages of them. And we've certainly noticed that there is some disparity between, you know, different regions, different oil companies where you can begin to see very definite trends in who is uh, potentially a more efficient, um, either more efficient or is negotiated better deals uh, and in a way that certainly benefits or uh, less so benefits mineral owners. So yeah, it's uh, it certainly is an interesting uh, thing to be able to pull all this data together, uh, which I'm I'm probably fall into that uh, category of a finance nerd myself. <laughs> so I I kind of geek out on it quite a bit. Yeah, I can see where it can be very comparable to stocks, and you know, and like I said, I do with baseball and fantasy sports and all kinds of different things. And I should point out too, trends are different than averages. You know, you mentioned earlier the 65 year old woman making less than $600 a month on uh, minerals. That's actually an average, right? That's that's like science. <laughs> that's like math. <laughs> uh, trends are more just, okay, this is going to help me predict behavior, predict my behavior, the future decisions, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so, okay, let's get an update from Watford City. Uh, you're down in Watford. What's, what's happening down there? Is there still some decent activity in the heart of the Bakken? You know, it's it's really interesting, Jason. Uh, it seems like if you if you're following uh, Wall Street Journal, if you're uh, following anything going on in the financial sector, uh, unconventional oil and gas in North Dakota is just getting absolutely eaten up right now uh, by investors and by Wall Street. And if you look here in North Dakota, it's it's kind of hard to it's hard to see that somewhat because the the activity does not feel like it's slowed down whatsoever. 
Um, we're still running in that 60 rigs uh, range in North Dakota, which is where we've been at for about the past two years now. And so the, the pace has felt very steady here in North Dakota. We did just have a very interesting recent shakeup in uh, McKinsey County and Watford City, uh, all through North Dakota and even down into Denver uh, with what's going on with whiting right now. Um, they wound up laying off, uh, I believe it was close to 33% of their workforce um, across the entire corporation, and that was certainly felt up here. But if you look at what other oil companies are doing, if you look at what uh, pipelines are being built and gas plants, it still feels very much like we are just uh, par for the course over the past couple of years towards um, the, uh, the, the level of development, the level of activity that we're experiencing. You have noticed a little bit, though. You mentioned the whiting you're experiencing up there. Um, I, I didn't get like, you know, the sky is falling from you, but I got that there a little bit of the impact has happened, but not as bad as the media has portrayed it. That's that's the way that it seems up here at the very least. And the other thing to notice about the media is um, and the, the financial media that's really been beating up on oil and gas in particular is that it's been very Permian focused for a long time now. And so the Bakken has kind of taken the back seat to the Permian as far as media coverage at the very least. And so the things that are being said in the media, I think are largely aimed towards Permian operators and Permian uh, production less so than it is towards the Bakken. Uh, if the trends that I see as being, you know, one of the handful of people that is very Bakken focused and uh, certainly mostly from a reservoir engineering standpoint and then from a financial standpoint, looking at what I've seen in the Bakken, it, it gives me lots of reasons for optimism, actually. Um, the, the, the increases in the size of fracking that we have out here, the, the high intensity completions that uh, operators are all trending towards now and are implementing successfully has really led to what I think should be a marker towards a uh, renaissance in the Bakken. Uh, what I've seen is that over the past couple of years, I've seen average EUR, that stands for estimated ultimate recovery, uh, meaning how much oil and how much gas is going to be produced from each one of these wells over its entire productive life. I've seen that trend up uh, from what had previously been about 350,000 barrels per well uh, as an average EUR in the Bakken for uh, about the past decade, really. Um, and I see that number closer to 600,000 now. So you're talking about close to an 80% increase in average EUR just experienced over the past couple of years. And the really interesting thing about seeing that is it's not just core production that's proving that. There have been companies out here, Kraken, uh, I think, is probably at the top of the list, along with um, Bruin, that have been really coming out here and targeting areas that have not been considered core Bakken uh, and proving that that acreage can be uh, produced and can be tracked in a way that is economic. Uh, so what we've seen is not only a trend of average EUR going up, but the area that would be considered core Bakken is continuing to expand out to a point where acreage that had previously been considered fringe today uh, is a very hot spot to own minerals or to own working interest. Um, so it's, it's an interesting thing when you really put your head down into the data and are able to analyze these things. But 
uh, the, uh, the, the media is very focused on what's going on in the Permian. And I, I, all these trends that I see myself, I don't see getting betrayed anywhere else in the news. You're hearing much from the small business owners in Watford City, you know, the trickle-down effect, that sort of thing. Are they, um, are they doing okay, you know, the cafes, the convenience store workers, that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. Things okay. are very still. We're at uh, in Watford City. We're at ninety nine percent occupancy in our apartments. Uh, we have a real crunch for single family housing, uh, and there's uh, construction is actually beginning to pick up out here. We've got uh, new restaurants opening up still, um, so you can tell that there is still very much so a need. We've still got catching up to do to just keep up with the level of activity that we have here in McKinsey County. Um, and we've got a really great community with great community leaders and great business minds that uh, are outside of oil and gas as well here in McKinsey County that are doing some very creative things, not only making this a community that's handling the influx of people, that's handling the level of activity that we have, but we're maintaining uh, Watford as a really desirable place to live. Uh, we've got just an absolutely beautiful school system. We've got approval um, now to construct a new elementary school uh, that's going to be just another tremendous building. Um, and we've got new great restaurants popping up all the time. We've got a new project uh, that's coming online here called Slow Ride that's going to be a uh, kind of like a tequila and tapas bar. Uh, something that uh, growing up in Watford, I never thought we would have had. Uh, but it, I can tell you, as a guy in my uh, late 20s with a young family here, this is a really fun place to live. Uh, and it's, a, it's an exciting place to live. Tapas at Watford City. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I know it. <laughs> I just, I mean, that's, I, I'm thinking of my Uncle Keith, just, you know, he calls jeans half pants i mean so i'm just thinking of going oh my word i can just see bringing in some ethnic food you know where you know not eating not eating fish on a friday boy that's that's you're getting pretty pretty out there man so tapas holy smokes in wadford but that's a good sign though and this is the one thing that i i really i do believe this that um there's such a demand for jobs right now and these jobs like north dakota 20 to thirty thousand jobs they 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 talk about that is needed well these jobs need skills you know you got to go to school for nine months you got to go to school for two years for some of these jobs and unfortunately you know sometimes old dogs don't want to learn new tricks well other dogs do want to learn tricks and and i asked lynn helms this i said you know if the nice guy from watford doesn't want to have the job or the person from fargo or the person from nebraska or the person from there i go that nice man from ghana he might just come over and take that job and lynn helm said that's exactly what's going to happen i said well i know i mean north dakota might become more of a melting pot than i think uh anybody ever really anticipated because we have so many jobs available and um one more question for you on the um on your moonlighting your community moonlighting where you represent the um McKenzie County job. job Development Authority. Are you guys still giving away some um, money or, or doing some grants or some low financing loans for builders because you have such a demand in Watford City for construction? What we've what the the big pilot project that we're running right now that we're very excited about is uh, what's really structured is a uh, a grant process to incentivize single family homes here in uh, Watford City and McKenzie County um, rather than just Watford City, but this is applicable in Alexander and Arnie Garden uh, throughout uh, approved county subdivisions. Um, but what we're doing is we are trying to find a way to bridge that gap because we have such a high percentage of our population in Williston and Watford City 
uh, living in apartment buildings. And what we notice is that, you know, these are people that have high paying jobs. Typically, uh, they're young. A lot of them have young families living in apartment buildings, which isn't ideal for most people. A lot of people, when they're at this point in their life where they've got a young family, they've got a high paying job, they want to put down some permanent roots and they want to have a house with a yard uh, where they can feel like an established member of this community. And we want to facilitate that too. We, uh, we want to make sure that, you know, people who want to work here and continue to grow our economy and the industry that, uh, you know, has been so good to us here, that they have a place to be here. And not only that they can live here, but that they can enjoy it and they can become a permanent member of this community. Um, so we're, that's something that we're working on as the uh, job development authority right now. Um, just uh, that that's a very new uh, project as well as just kicked off in June of this year. And so we're just taking applications. We've still got uh, a lot more. Um, we've got the capacity for more applications. We would definitely encourage people that if this is something that they're interested in, they can find out more information at the uh, McKinsey County website uh, on what it would take to qualify for this. But it's not, uh, there's not a part of it that is limited based on income, which makes it really useful here. Whereas a lot of other housing programs we've noticed that are limited on income uh, don't apply to McKinsey County uh, because we've got such a high level of income in comparison to a lot of the rest of the state. Joel Brown of mineraltracker.com. As I mentioned, he moonlights in the community like a lot of leaders do. As the what what role do you have at the Job Development Authority in McKenzie County? I'm the president right now. I thought you were the president. Okay, so we got hey, we got the president on your folks. The president <laughs> of Mineral Tracker and the pre, are you the president of Mineral Tracker or just a uh, founding partner? Uh, president of Mineral. Tracker. All right. Well, there you go. That's it's it's easy to remember than president of both of those different things. That's why so, I had to do it. <laughs> um, we better circle back to Mineral Tracker and uh, kind of bookend, I guess, remind people that uh, the interview is about tracking minerals and how those people who have minerals, you can certainly sign up. And for those people who don't have minerals, you can certainly sign up. It's a, it's an app. And um, are there, is it free? Are there costs involved? Just kind of give us a summary, you know, and everybody wants to know the brass tax on things. So you might as well get that out of the way too. Right. Well, we've got two levels uh, of subscription services with Mineral Tracker right now. Uh, the first one that we launch is the pro package that comes with projections. It comes with access to our uh, team here, a couple of other features that aren't included in the free version, but we do also have a free version of the app. You know, once we identified that there was such a large percentage of uh, mineral owners in North Dakota that were collecting $600 a month or less on their minerals, but these people still have questions and $600 a month, it might not be enough to go buy a yacht, but it's still a, it's an important part of your income. And so we wanted to create something uh, where they were able to go and benefit from it as well. And so there's a basic subscription to mineral tracker that is absolutely free. I would encourage anyone who has minerals or is just interested in learning more about oil and gas in North Dakota to go sign up. Um, there's no cost, no obligation. Uh, whatsoever um, for the basic version, and I think it can be a really good tool for people. One one last thing I'd like to add, Jason, just uh, on, on Mineral Tracker and really what it is that we've done here in Watford City to support Western North Dakota is that Mineral Tracker is a great tool 
Uh, but the most important thing is that it's backed up by real people who have a lot of experience and a lot of expertise in this industry. And so if Mineral Tracker isn't the right uh, solution or doesn't provide the right answer to a question that someone has, it's it's backed up by real people who can help uh, help them understand it. One of the things I've, I've mentioned a couple of times during this interview that uh, we're, we're seeing a, a huge trend in mineral buyers. And the reason that we see so many mineral buyers so active out here is because people are actually selling their minerals on a daily basis in North Dakota. Uh, one big push that we really want right now is that if anyone is considering selling their minerals because, I mean, for whatever reason, a lot of people want to retire, they want to pay for their kids' school, they want to go buy a house or go buy a boat, there's a reason that they are thinking about cashing out right now uh, rather than just holding it for the long haul. Um, there are good reasons to sell your minerals, uh, but the most important thing that you can do if you're going to decide to sell your minerals is to make sure that you're getting a fair price for them. And so one of the things that we do uh, as you know, uh, the experts backing up Mineral Tracker is we will we'll run evaluation on people's mineral rights to help them to understand what their minerals are actually worth and if the offers that they're getting are fair. And beyond that, we can go and act as a uh, broker to be able to help get them a better price uh, through a competitive bidding process. Uh, so we just want, we're trying to push right now to make sure that people understand that that's an option for them, that they're not alone in making these decisions by themselves because they're really important decisions, but there's an option out there to enlist some people that have done a lot of this and really want the best for them. All right, one last thing here. And uh, I wanted to just mention, I pulled up the address here because before by the way folks a little behind the scenes here before we got on the interview we were talking a little bit and see if i had a big budget i'd get some sort of uh dramatic music going here but uh so uh patlock safety systems 201 main street south watford city usa north dakota um they they design um what's the best way to describe it it's like a pumping unit so that contractors and employees can go into a pump jack gated area more safely and it just it's it makes life much easier and that sort of thing and as i mentioned he's a roughneck inventor turned president but anyway 201 main street your assignment over the next couple of weeks is to go down there and introduce yourself he's you know <laughs> you know you being you know being being the big community leader you are yourself you know he's out of gillette and then also out of watford city so he opened up a shop in watford so uh, you know, he can be the nice welcome wagon and shake oh, his yeah. hand and see, see what's going on. And like I said, man, he, he's, he's a character. You're going to you're going to enjoy it very much. So his name's uh, <laughs> Pat, Pat Young with uh, Patlock Safety Systems. Pat Young is his name. But OK, uh, just okay, wanted to. Slot. I got to do it now. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? There's going to be people listening to the next interview to find out. So I am right. going to. Uh, that's right. I'm going to see. We could turn this into a soap opera. Part of this interview is <laughs> now we're talking. OK. <laughs> Oh, I like it. So, so the days of our Bakken, that's right. Okay. Uh, uh, go ahead. We better give out your information for listeners. So if uh, people want to give you a call or go to the website or just that type of stuff. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest way to reach out to us is to go to mineraltracker.com. We've got a lot more information there. Um, we've got uh, a really easy way to get a hold of us. Our physical address here in Watford City is 500 Second Avenue Southwest. We're in the old Cornerstone Bank building. 
Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, my, my grandfather was actually on the president of the, uh, McKinsey County bank when they broke ground on this building. So I, uh, get to continue to live within his legacy and work now in the office that, uh, <laughs> he helped to build. Um, I'm really? going to, oh yeah, it's, it's, uh, Wofford's a small town, you know, there's a lot of history here. <laughs> yeah. It used to be a small town, but the way you guys have been growing, it's, uh, it's got its own new culture, really. I mean, that, that, by the way, that's a discussion for another day because you're right. It is a small town, and it's got its roots embedded in, but you can't grow that fast without having new culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you, you got tapas coming to Watford City. Uh, <laughs> I it love very it. much still feels like a melting pot. No, it's, it's, that's, it's still – what I love about Watford is I think even though – we have uh, we have grown nearly eight times in size over the past ten years. So if you think about it, nearly one in every ten people out here uh, wasn't here ten years ago. Um, it's pretty incredible to think about. But we've really maintained a very tight knit community, and the people that have come in have just been uh, such a pleasure to have here. And uh, they, it's just such a welcoming community. So I I, I think that that comes from a lot of the leadership, but I think it's uh, the, the people that are drawn here and that stay here. Um, I think they're really high quality people and it makes it very much a pleasure to live here in Watford city. You know, one thing to point out too, is, you know, Watford city is primarily an oil and gas town right now, isn't it? I mean, that's what the, the bulk of the boom has been, has been energy development. I don't, unless you guys have got a boom sunflower crop out there. I don't know about, <laughs> um, but for the most part, yeah, I, I mean, I know you got some ag and, and ranching and everything, but for the most part, it's the, the boom has come from energy development. And when you think about some of the things that oil and gas companies have done is generally when they go into a community, they create opportunity. They create opportunity for the community. They create um, opportunity for people to have very good paying jobs. Now, you work hard, and generally that means you got a good work ethic if you work hard. But what that also does is that means that the both family, both uh, parents don't have to work if they don't need to. Maybe one only has to do a part-time job or something like that. But generally, if you work hard in the en energy industry, the energy industry does pay you pretty well so you can support a family. I mean, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's unique. It, create, it does create just a very unique opportunity for people. And if you look at you know what we have going on here in McKinsey County, our number one demographic here is young families. If you look at a, uh, a breakdown of the age brackets that we have, the, the the highest age or the highest percentage age bracket that we have are people in their 20s, and the second highest are, are uh, children under nine. So it, it just it's it's a really unique, um, a really unique uh, demographic that we have here, which is completely the opposite of what it was when I was growing up here. When if you lived in your 20s, you really didn't have much of an opportunity to even stay in Western North Dakota. Uh, today, it's very much so the opposite. It's a very young, thriving community that we have here, and very diverse. I don't know. When I was in college, they were, the state of North Dakota was actually paying people to come back and live in North Dakota. <laughs> you're, I, I don't know. You're 28, so you were, were I'm about at least a decade, well, you know, I mean... I can't help. I can't help it if I have such a young clique. Everybody, you know, <laughs> a young posse that I hang out with. I can't, you know. I got to disclose my age here. Uh, but no, when I was in college, so you know, twenty years ago, they were actually paying people to come back to North Dakota. I mean, think about the, the just the the paradigm shift from that is incredible. 
So, all right, man. Well, mineraltracker.com, I'd like to thank you once again. Normally we end with, you know, you giving your information, but uh, we kind of went extended into overtime here. So uh, we better just one more time, give us that website. Absolutely. So it's mineraltracker.com. You can email us at info at mineraltracker.com. Our toll-free number is 833-842-2924. I'll say that one more time. It's 833-842-2924. 